Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to USA Wealth Group's Money Wise Radio Show. What a perfect name for a show because you're the perfect host, Ray Lance. Good well, thank morning. you, Phil. Thank good you so much, morning. and good morning. <laughs> Great to see you. Good Sunday morning. You yes, know, we indeed. have a good time on this show, don't we? We do. We're a lot talk. of good information goes out. Well, we try as hard as we can. It requires doing research every week. People probably don't realize this. Oh, yes. That we have to do a fair amount of research in order to put this show on. Yep. But um, we're going to talk today about how not to outlive your money. So guess what? The good news is that we're all living a lot longer than we used to. Right. And that's only going to continue in the future. And we all want to do that. We want to live as long as we possibly can. But um, the problem is we need to make sure our money's going to last. So today, believe it or not, I have a list of research topics of 20 separate items of how to avoid outliving your retirement savings. My goodness. It's a, it's a number one concern. It is a concern. And... Um, People really ought to be concerned because those who are retired already right now, for the most part, had sort of thrifty savings habits built into them when they were young. The generation that's coming right behind, the baby boomers, they're not as well prepared, and the people coming right behind them are even less prepared. And it's hard. You know, we, we really haven't had much economic growth in the past 10, 15 years and we've had a serious recession in this country, and people don't have the extra money they need to put aside for retirement. Sure. So it's a problem. You know, before we jump into uh, how to avoid outliving our retirement savings, for new listeners, for people who perhaps aren't familiar with what you do at USA Wealth Group, how would you describe what you do and why you do it, Ray? Well, my favorite mantra for USA Wealth Group is that we show people how to protect their family and we show people how to protect their money. And what that really boils down to in the end is we do a great deal of work in the area of retirement planning. Um, we're going to talk about some of these things today. For example, don't leave your money in a 401k after you're retired. Don't take Social Security too early. Make sure you have a budget. Make sure you know what you're spending your money on. If you're not looking at your expenses every single week, every single month to find out how you can reduce them, money is just dribbling out your pockets and you don't even know about it. So we are all about doing a plan, most importantly, and I'm hoping to conclude today and talk about the most important thing you can do when you listen to this show is to say, I really need to do something. I really need to make a plan. And if you want to sit down with me or the folks in our office at any time, just Give us a call. Beautiful. 508-998-8858. We're happy to help you. I find it really exciting, Phil, and it, uh, it gives me a lot of personal satisfaction to sit down with a couple or an individual and know that I'm going to be able to show them how to make more money or save more money. Yes. It's, it's, uh, it's very gratifying. So one of the things we do is render a lot of advice, so I thought it was interesting to look for some quotes about advice today. Oh. <laughs> and so this is a, a gentleman named Sri Chinmoy. What you do not use yourself, do not give to others. For example, advice. Nice. But, of course, we follow our own advice, and we are prepared, and you have to do these kinds of things. I like that. It sounded like a uh, Chinese fortune cookie. Yes. Advice saying. Well, I'm sure you've heard of Malcolm Forbes also. 
Oh, yes. He has much fortune. Yes, he does. <laughs> he also uh, started Forbes magazine. Maybe right. his, his father might have actually started it. And the grandfather, I mean, the grandson now runs it. So Malcolm Forbes said once, advice, it's more fun to give than to receive. <laughs> and I'll give you one more comment on advice. Yeah. And that is, by the time a man asks you for advice, he has generally made up his mind what he wants to do and is looking for confirmation rather than counseling. Uh, huh. We find that a lot. But mm-hmm. people need to be told sometimes or advised that it's okay for them to do something. They may have good ideas, but they just are holding back. So we'll talk a little bit more about some specifics on that. Okay. Uh, actually, I want to give you one more comment on uh, advice, and then we'll move on from that subject. Okay. Harry Truman said... I have found the best way to give to advice to your children is to find out what they want and then advise them to do it. Because <laughs> that's the hardest group to give advice to, isn't it? Always. Your own children. You they, bet. They don't want to listen to their parents. It's just not, not in the cards. So let's talk about some different ways that we can handle um, Planning so that we do not outlive our money, and particularly in retirement. Let's say you're planning to withdraw money on a regular basis from a certain account, and you've got enough money that you figure it's going to last you for 20 years. Well, what happens if you live to be 25 years longer or 30 years more? Then you're in trouble. So we don't ever want to run out of money, and I think it ought to be the number one concern. It's not so much about the assets that you've managed to accumulate during your lifetime. It's really going to be about can you translate that into an income for yourselves and will your income last? The next generation, if there's something left for them, that's terrific. But you need to make sure that you can survive yourself and that you're not going to be a burden to your own children, for example. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about some specifics. And the first thing I want to talk about is life expectancy and longevity. We talked about that a little bit, but there's a great organization that we have in the state of Massachusetts. It's called the Center for Retirement Research at Boston College. Their papers are highly technical, scholarly. They have algebraic formulas and everything they use. They're probably the premier research firm in the country at Boston College. And they do very scientific papers. We, we're not going to go into that on the radio because nobody would be able to, to follow it. But I'll summarize some of their findings. They publish every year something called a National Retirement Risk Index. How many people are at risk in retirement and are possibly in danger of running out of money? So, for example, the one that I just printed off, their current report says 53% of households in this country – of households are at risk of not having enough money to maintain their living standards in retirement. That's huge. I mean, that's more than half. Right. We see it all the time. We see people who have the opportunity to participate in a 401k plan and don't. Mm -hmm. So here's a real quick rule. It's not even on my list. If you're working at a company that has a retirement plan And whether they match or not, you should maximize whatever you can and contribute to your own plan. How much is that usually? Well, it it varies. If it's a 401k, it can be as much as $23,000 a year. 
course, most people couldn't afford to put that kind of money aside into retirement. Mm -hmm. But let me put it the opposite way. Let's say, for example, the company is going to match 3%. They're going to put in 3% for the first 3% of your salary that you put in. Why would you not ever put in 3%? Because they're going to put in 3% from the company, and now you've got 6% going into retirement. So if your company has a match and you're not putting enough money out of your own paycheck so that you get mm-hmm. to to get to get to receive the match from the company then that's a serious mistake it certainly is so retirement um, index is uh, right now a serious matter um, and especially when you factor in health care mm-hmm. health care is a major expenditure in retirement we'll talk about that a little bit more as well but if people can work longer, which is going to be the trend in this country, uh, most people are going to have to work longer than what they originally planned. The age of retiring at age 62 or 65, for most people, that's not going to be possible any longer. And we're going to talk a little bit about um, does do longevity expectations, how long you expect to live, does that influence what you put aside for retirement. And I suspect it probably does not for most people. People don't think ahead that far. There was another study that was done uh, fairly recently. Um, Actually, it was about nine months ago in 2014. And it said life expectancy at 65 has increased by four years since 1980. This is a study that says Life expectancy continues to increase every single year, and yet people's expectation about how long their money is going to last hasn't kept up with what longevity is actually doing. Sure. So we are living longer is the bottom line. We don't want to outlive our money, uh, number two. So the first rule of thumb is you absolutely must start saving earlier, and I I give this kind of a a lesson to people all the time. Uh, It's so very, very important to begin early. If you put aside enough money early in life and you do it on a regular basis, you'll never have to worry about a retirement plan. Mm -hmm. And so I'll see people sometimes that, um, I saw a gentleman recently, he's going to retire in two years, and he's still putting the minimum amount into his retirement plan, and his salary was over $100,000 a year. And I said, why don't you really buckle down for the next two years and put in the maximum amount that you can into your 401k? Put aside $23,000 a year. So with company matches and interest, 23000 times two is going to be 46000 plus interest. There's an extra $50,000 you've got put aside for retirement. Right. He thought that was a good idea, and mm-hmm. he's actually doing that. But um, most people really... Don't get around to doing that or like that particular gentleman. He waited a long time. He waited until it was really just too late. Right. And he would have had a much more comfortable retirement had he started earlier. So here's a quick rule of thumb. You know, it's really hard. You have your first job. Let's say you're young. You're just out of school. Uh, Doesn't matter what you're doing. Put something aside every single week whether it's $10 or $25 or more if you can afford it, and make sure you do it each and every single week. And I can show you numbers. Um, We just don't want you to outlive your money. So 
let's say you're retired and you say, well, all right, I'm now retired. I don't have to listen to the alarm clock in the morning any longer. The sun's shining. It's a beautiful day. Maybe I'll get up a little later today. And then all of a sudden it strikes you and you say, I wonder if my money is going to last through my retirement. Did I save enough? Did I have the right kind of investments? Am I going to outlive my money? Well, first of all, take a deep breath. People are living now into their 80s and often into their 90s. It does need to be a concern. So here's the first quick rule of thumb when you're planning for not outliving your money. Plan on a bigger retirement portfolio or savings than what you originally thought. And I know this is not for everybody listening. There's been a lot in the news in the past about you can't afford to retire unless you have at least a million dollars put aside for retirement. That's a myth. Between Social Security and a lot less money than that, than that, you certainly can afford to retire. But for the wealthy articles that have been written, uh, articles aimed at wealthy people, it's often said, well, if you have a million dollars and you're going to take out 4% a year, you're going to take out $40,000 a year. Most people don't have that kind of a budget in retirement. So I don't like that particular rule, but certainly no matter what category of income or assets or investment you're in, plan that whatever you have now, you're probably going to need more. And whatever your age bracket, whether you're in your 20s or your 40s or your 50s, you're going to retire in five years or two years, it's not too late ever to start to do something else. And sometimes it's drastic to put aside more money. So if you have been putting money aside faithfully, then ask yourself the serious question, could I put aside a little bit more? You really have to squeeze the money out of your paycheck and, and put it aside. Next rule to think about is you need to invest for inflation. Nobody has really thought about inflation in this country for a long while, for about 10 years, because we've had minimal growth. We've had minimal inflation. Inflation will return, and when it does, it's going to hit everybody with a big wallop. You know, and we've all known the stories about how much did you pay for your first house and how much would you have to pay for that same house today. Right. It's unaffordable for a lot of younger people today. Um, that's a result of inflation. Wait until the economy gets rolling again, and it will, and then you'll see inflation kick in, and then the Federal Reserve will start to do things to try to control inflation. But when it happens, instead of paying 250 or $3 for a loaf of bread, now you're going to pay $5 or $6 for a loaf of bread. And if you're on fixed income, inflation is really going to impact anybody who's on fixed income, anybody who's on Social Security. So plan for inflation. Make sure that whatever you have your money invested in is going to grow, and right. it's at least going to outpace inflation. Because if it doesn't, you're going to be losing money in your account. So, for example, a 1.5% or 2% inflation rate right now won't hurt you much right now. It won't hurt you much in the same in a year. But if you apply that same rate over 10 years, for example... It's going to reduce your purchasing power something more than 20%. So what you're saying is we need something that returns at least 2% or more. Yes, exactly. And unfortunately right now that's not the banks. The banks will come back and they will be paying higher interest rate. And the one thing you ought to remember about the banks is, is fairly simple. 
whatever interest rate you're getting on your bank accounts, you can also look very quickly and find out what the rate of inflation is. And if the inflation rate is higher than what the bank interest is, which it is right now, you're actually losing money. Because so where's a good place to invest your money? Well, the typical things are going to be stocks, bonds, and mutual funds, or they're going to be in annuities and indexed annuities. We do a lot of work in that area. Mm-hmm. We sometimes call that um, safe money, uh, normal money, or in-between money, and risk money. We put stocks and bonds and mutual funds in the category of risk money. Someday we'll do a program and talk just about all the fees that are built into mutual funds that people don't realize. Mm-hmm. Bank money is safe money, but it's also money that doesn't pay you anything right now. So you can count on the principal being there, but you're not going to save anything. You're not going to make any money on it. And what about the annuities? The annuities are in between, and uh, they're in between um, the risk on the one hand of the stock market and the overcautiousness, if you will, for the bank accounts where you don't make any money. And the annuities today, the indexed annuities, are protected as far as the principal is concerned because the principal cannot go down. And yet, they're typically tied to an index such as the S&P 500 index. And because of that, they have the potential to go up. The uh, historical uh, increase in the S&P 500 index, for example, has been about 6% uh, over the 54-year history. So. That's very that good. certainly outpaces the banks. Yep. Uh, there were some recent studies that I read that showed the S&P 500 index is actually better than the Dow Jones index. Interesting. So it's actually performing as an index higher than what the stock market index mm-hmm. is doing. Um, there's a place for stocks and bonds and mutual funds. Um, a lot of people are very comfortable doing that, but there are a lot of fees built into it, and it is risky because the accounts can go down as well as go up. And we've seen extreme volatility in uh, just the last few weeks, right? primarily because of what's happening in the oil business. So make sure that whatever you're in is going to be safe and conservative on the one hand. Mm -hmm. And there are different strategies at different points in time. Somebody in their 20s and 30s and maybe even their 40s, they can afford to take more risk in the stock market, because if the market goes down, they've got time to hope that it will recover and they'll get their money back. But particularly when you start to get a little older, you can't afford as much risk because you won't have the time to recover from a loss or a drop. So we tell people to get more conservative. But think about also not just your own retirement accounts. Think about other ways you can invest. So let's say you're putting money into an IRA account or a 401k account. Maybe you have another straight investment account as well. And again, not everybody can do this, but I don't care what your income is unless you're spending every single penny that you make every week on food and shelter and clothing for yourself and your family and your car payments and so forth. Um, you should be able to put something aside every single week. It doesn't right. matter what your income bracket is. Mm-hmm. And so it's essential to do that And um, it's essential to uh, be careful how you invest. It's okay to put some money into a bank for a while, but then maybe when it accumulates to $3,000 or $5,000, if you can do that, then maybe you want to take it and put it someplace else where you can make more money on your money. And um, I know a lot of people have multiple jobs. I've worked in several different jobs uh, 
for a good part of my lifetime. I worked when I was in school. Um, my mother had two jobs for most of her life. And a lot of people do that just to get by and just to make a living. So we're certainly very uh, cognizant of that. But be careful about bonds. A lot of people think that, gee, if I put my money in bonds, they're safe and secure. There's a definite interest rate. Right now, interest rates on bonds are fairly low. And what's going to happen, I think, in this country is as soon as the government decides it's time to raise the Federal Reserve discount rate, which is the borrowing rate for banks, then you're going to see bank rates start to increase. And I think when that happens, you might see it go up fairly quickly. And when the rates start to go up, the value of bonds will go down. It's an inverse relationship. So you got to be careful about bonds as well. And if you do want to invest into bonds, although the interest rates are very low right now, uh, make sure it's at least enough to cover inflation. Mm-hmm. And... Make sure that uh, you don't go out really long-term on bonds because interest rates will rise. We're going to come back in a minute and talk about IRAs, and I've got about 15 more topics that I'm going to go through more quickly to talk about diversification, emergency funds. What about your retirement health cost? How about thinking about a smaller house to live in so Mm -hmm. your housing costs can be reduced and places to retire? So we'll be back in a minute. You're listening to Money Wise, and we're talking today about some things that you can do so that you will not outlive your money in retirement. We'll be right back. Welcome back to USA Wealth Group's Money Wise Radio Show with Ray Lance. And today, folks, we're talking about how to avoid outliving your retirement savings this is a very important issue, and hopefully it never happens to uh, anyone listening, but it does happen. And uh, this is why we're on the air. By the way, it's a delight to join you every Sunday at this time, Ray, because this is more of a public service. Uh, what you do at USA Wealth Group and uh, the wonderful warmth and the professionalism that you extend to our community is second to none. Thank you so much, Phil. I appreciate the kind words. We enjoy doing MoneyWise, and we have a lot of comments from people who listen every week, and um, it's fun. But what we try to do mostly at USA Wealth Group is give somebody some useful information that's very personal to them. And I have to say that every single annuity contract we've ever done, for example, nobody's ever lost money. They've always made money on them. Wow. There are contracts that are designed so they cannot go down in value. Mm Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're all going to get old. We all, as we speak, we're all you getting sure? older. <laughs> uh, Maurice Chevalier once said, growing old isn't so bad when you consider the alternative. <laughs> and I say that a lot. It's something like that. I say, you know, it's tough getting old, but it sure beats the alternative. <laughs> I haven't heard about Maurice Chevalier in years. Oh, what a... He was great, wasn't he? Oh, yes. Thank heavens for little girls. (laughs) Well, I say that all the time anyway. (laughs) (laughs) What is the number at USA Wealth Group? Just in case folks want to call and set up a free appointment for consultation. Sure. You can give us a call anytime at 508-998-8858. And we do have a number of free reports we're happy to provide as well. Everything from retirement income reports to 
Social Security reports. I speak a lot at uh, public seminars and talk a lot about Social Security. Yes. And it's still amazing when I mention things during my lectures and, mm-hmm. and seminars. I see people scribbling notes furiously. There's such a lack of information about even something so basic as Social Security. Right. And a lot of misinformation. And we've been so busy all of our lives that we just haven't taken the time to do this kind of planning for many of us. Yep, that's true. Um, and I've also said that people spend more time thinking about taking a vacation than they will thinking about their future. And vacations are a lot of fun. Maybe that's why. How can we make planning for retirement more fun? Uh, have this on a cruise. How's that? You know, I've actually considered that. Um <laughs> And who knows, maybe I'll do that. If I do why that, why not? Sure, why not? <laughs> you know, we have a, a Greek philosopher in Tiffany's who once said, The quest for riches darkens the sense of right and wrong. Oh, really? <laughs> because a lot of people are just really concerned about that. Mm-hmm. And then Benjamin Franklin once said, Wish not so much to live long as to live well. Interesting. But I think we want to do both, don't we? We want to live well and long. And then I have something that I thought was kind of cute. It's not directly related to my topic today by a gentleman named Roger Frost. The older you get, the tougher it is to lose weight because by then your body and your fat are really good friends. (laughs) I've been thinking about going on a diet for about mm, seven years now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what we all do. Well, you know, we all have to make resolutions. It's, It's very simple. It's really simple. There's no such thing as a magic diet, Phil. It's just really simple. The solution is you are in control of everything that you put into your mouth. That's right. You can put in good stuff or you can put in bad stuff. And how much? And how much? And at what time of night, Phil? (laughs) Let's see. There's a snack at 8 o'clock and there's a snack at 10 o'clock. Yes, well, we all have our little uh, things, don't we? Yes, little demons. Mm-hmm. I wrestle with them sometimes, and other times I, you know, fondle them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't go that far. But anyway, enough for our quotations yeah, for right. today. Let's talk a little bit more about my checklist for today, about some things you can do to avoid outliving your retirement savings. And it's a long list. Some of them will be fairly brief. So we're just talking about make sure that when you put money aside that you're planning Not that you're going to live to be age 75 or 80, but that you're going to live to be longer. And if you had to withdraw so much money from whatever account you have, is it going to last as long as you do? And can you make money in the meantime? You know, it's it's really not realistic for most people, probably 95% of people, to think that they're going to live off the interest on their savings or their retirement accounts. Mm -hmm. It's just not realistic or practical. But we've seen people with um, much smaller accounts, much smaller than a million dollars. Sometimes it's two hundred, sometimes it's three hundred thousand dollars in savings. And by working on their budget very carefully and showing them how to withdraw from those accounts and how to blend that in with their social security, um, I've sat down with seventy-year-old people and said, "If you never made another nickel in your account and you simply withdrew this amount every year." Uh, it's going to last you for 35 years. So there are ways to plan, and we can help you do that. Consider doing a Roth IRA, especially when you're younger. 
You know, the most popular thing about Roths is that people say, well, I'd like to do a Roth IRA, but I'll just convert one of my present traditional IRAs over to that. If you do that, first of all, you have to pay income taxes on all the money that you convert. Another better option might be when you're younger and you want to put some money into a, an IRA account, think about putting some money into a Roth IRA account. Remember that when you do that, the money continues to grow not only tax-deferred but tax-free. And when you do take the money out later in life, it's going to be entirely tax-free. And you don't have to pay any income taxes on it. So tax issues become a factor when we're thinking about how we're going to make sure that our money lasts. When I see people who have both traditional and Roth IRAs, I always tell them, make sure you take the money from your traditional IRA first because the most valuable asset you can have in your retirement portfolio is a Roth IRA. But uh, do think about taxes when you plan um, emergency funds. We've all heard uh, Susie Orman, whether you like her or don't. I do. uh, Some people like her. I think she's about equally divided. I think some people really can't stand her, and some people think that you know she gives good advice. Um, she gets a lot of things right. Uh, she does endorse the American Academy of Estate Planning Attorneys, for example, mm-hmm. which uh, attorney Tenny Lance belongs to. One of the things she always advocates, and we do as well, is have an emergency fund. And typically it's been, what happens if you have an emergency, you can't work, you don't have any income coming in? What's your backup plan? Uh, You ought to have at least three to six months worth of living expenses to fall back on if you had to. Maybe you have to apply for Social Security disability and you're going to need this fund. So conventional wisdom has always been have at least three to six months. So here's something you can do not to outlive your money. Have an emergency fund that's going to last for six to 12 months. So you'll have a, a little bit more money. Next point is invest in your health. I can't tell you how many times I go into um, Hawthorne Medical, for example, uh, in Dartmouth, and I'll see people that I know are my age, and some of them are just barely walking. You've got to take the time to eat correctly, and you've got to take the time to exercise. And if you do, you'll stay healthier. Exercise? Exercise. I thought you said extra fries. No, that's a Greek word. Exercise. (laughs) Extra fries is a French word. Exercise is a Greek word. There you go. (laughs) So think about the Greek blood that courses in your veins. (laughs) No, I mean, uh, who invented the Olympics, Phil? Well, my (laughs) great-grandfather. Well, actually, we, we owe the Olympics to the, the Greeks. Papua Paleologus. Yeah. So it's, it's extremely important that you do something to stay in shape. Right. Walk every day. Gosh, I mean, you're going to you know, need less food to eat. You're going to eat healthier. You're going to feel healthier. You'll have fewer medical bills, fewer prescriptions. So invest in your own health. Yes, very important. Um, annuities. We talked earlier about annuities. Uh, annuities are either the kind of annuity that's deferred because it's growing for investment purposes or it can be a payout annuity where you can, say, give a lump sum of money to the insurance company and say, I want a guaranteed sum to be paid to me every single month for as long as I live or for as long as I live and my spouse lives. And you can do an annuity. And that's a way to say, all right, here's my budget, here's my Social Security check, 
and I need X dollars coming in. And mm -hmm. so I put money aside, and I now know that for as long as I live, I'm going to have this annuity. You can even structure those so it has cost of living adjustments built into it because the cost of living will change over time and inflation will change over time. So if you're getting $500 a month from an annuity right now, you don't want $500 a month for the rest of your life for the next no. 30 years because 30 years from now, that's going to be worth about $150 a month. Correct. So you, you might want to have an inflation rider built mm -hmm. into that. Sure. Uh, we do annuities of that kind, and we also do the kind that's accumulating money. And as long as you're not taking the money out, it's growing tax-deferred, which means it grows faster than any other kind of comparable investment. The next point on our list is buy a house for less than what you could really afford. Don't go out and buy the most expensive house that you can because you think it's nice and you deserve it. Particularly when you get close to retirement, you might want to consider downsizing because now you've got a house that you can truly afford and it's smaller, but your needs are going to be smaller. So think about, you know, if you're going to have a dream retirement, it doesn't have to be a magnificent house in another state. It could be a less expensive house so that you'll be able to afford it comfortably. Mm -hmm. Where do you want to retire? Well, most people who are listening today are going to stay exactly where they are in greater New Bedford, and they're going to continue living in their house or their apartment. But a number of people will choose to retire in another place. And some of the top places to uh, retire to, which are the least expensive places to support yourself in, are Salt Lake City, Utah, Asheville, North Carolina, Nashville, Tennessee, Charleston, South Carolina, Sarasota, Florida. Sarasota. Yep. Very nice, very, very, very right. nice area. How about closer to home? Manchester, New Hampshire is considered to be a very affordable place to retire. Interesting. Mm -hmm. A little colder in the winter, mm -hmm. but uh, in terms of some affordability, we'd be happy to provide this information if anybody's looking for it. Sure. But there's a lot of articles and magazines about inexpensive places to retire. I, I know people right now who are living in Guatemala and Belize and places like that. I've never been an advocate of that particularly. Uh, I know some people living in Costa Rica and on fixed income, they can live very affordably. But you cut off all ties with your local community and your family, and you get more expensive living costs. So I've never been interested in that kind of a concept. Yes, right. But my retirement plan is that I'm going to work until I'm 95 anyway. And so you're, you're probably a little bit younger than I am, I suspect, Phil. So when we're both 95, we'll be here doing the same broadcast. No, you can uh, do a... <laughs> A remote from Key West, Florida. True. Good morning, everyone, from Key West. <laughs> All right, we'll try that. I like that idea. Yeah, so you've given me a really good idea. Another tip for success is set up your children for success. The last thing you want to do, I mean, if you have to take your family in and take them back in, we do. We always help our kids. We help sure. our families. But to the extent that you've emphasized education for them and made them successful, they're going to be independent. And maybe they'll be wealthier than you, and then they can support you. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've supported them for a long time. Right. I mean, that's sort of a joke, but make sure you have a Medicare supplement plan. When you have Medicare insurance, uh, most people, when they turn 65, do sign up for Medicare. Uh, it's, it's a good benefit. It's an inexpensive health benefit we get from our government, and we've paid into it you know, by contributing to Social Security all during our lifetimes and so forth. 
But you have to do more. You have to do more than just Medicare Part A and B. You need Part D, which is prescription. Prescription drugs will kill you, even if the illness doesn't. The cost of prescription drugs is astronomical. Mostly we don't see it because the insurance covers it. You might pay a $10 or $15 copay, something of that nature, but it's essential to have a supplement plan. I can tell you example and story after story of people who have gone broke, gone bankrupt, and so forth because of health insurance. Do you know that most people in this country who file bankruptcy have done so because of health care costs? That's so sad. It is sad. Unbelievably sad. But you've got to make some uh, plans for that. Think about having a post-retirement career. So maybe you've been a teacher, you retired, police officer, whatever. Police officer, maybe you want to get a part-time job doing security. Or teacher, you might want to get a part-time job teaching something else somewhere else. Or start your own business. But plan on semi-retirement for the first few years. Can you see me at Walmart now greeting people? Sure. <laughs> Do they still have greeters? I don't know. I haven't seen a greeter for a long time. Uh, I really <laughs> haven't. Uh, I've, I've actually commented on this before. It used to be... It was a friendly face. It said, Hi, good morning, good afternoon, how right, are you doing? Right. And now there may be somebody who's quite a ways away, and they're mostly <laughs> making sure you're not taking something out of the store. <laughs> but they do that now. Yeah. I mean, I go to Walmart frequently, like most yeah. people, and now you have to show your receipt when you go out the door. Right. So they've gone from having a greeter to a checker. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they truly have done that. Just give me that smiley face. <laughs> no, it's not a smiley face. I've actually commented on that when I've left the store. I said, you used to have a greeter. <laughs> but anyway, but do think about having not traditional full retirement, 65, I'm taking whatever I've got, I'm done. Right. Maybe have a part-time job yeah. so you can ease into retirement. In fact, you're going to be bored at first for most people. You're not going to know what to do with your time. Sure. Cut your expenses permanently. There was a great story. I can't remember if it was the Globe or I think it was the Wall Street Journal. A few months back, I was so impressed with it that I cut out the article and I made a copy for everybody in the office and gave it out at a staff meeting. It was how to cut your cable television bill. And it told the story in detail of a couple that went from $280 a month to $100 a month. My goodness. It's a little complicated. And if anybody wants a copy of that article, by the way, I just made some more copies recently. I'll be happy to give you a copy of that article. It's a I'd like a copy. Great story. I'll get you one. Yeah. And what it says basically is, what do you really watch? So if you watch the basic channels, get just basic cable television, number one. Right. You want movies? Sign up for Netflix. It means you have to pay $60 or $80 at Best Buy or, or BJ's and buy a little box. Yes. And then you have to have you know, Wi-Fi in your house. Mm -hmm. But then for 8 or $9 a month, you can have a Netflix account and watch all the movies you ever want to watch. Alex has set us up with that. Yeah. We love Netflix. But it saves a lot of money because we just looked at our own cable bill recently, and it was $13 just for HBO. I can't remember when I've ever watched HBO. There you go. So that's coming off the bill. Yeah. So we're actually going to do that. But this couple has saved $2,000 a year on their cable bill. And you have to do two or three things like that. But if you do it, I mean... Save money on expenses. Cut your expenses and do it permanently. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can do the same thing. You've seen all the stories about Starbucks and so forth. And avoid 
buying that extra coffee latte in the morning and put that money into a jar instead and save the money. Sure. So we've talked about investing in children for success. We've talked about planning for a summary retirement and reducing your expenses permanently. How about using your house for retirement income? How so? Well, we've done a lot of work in the area of reverse mortgages. It's not for everybody, but boy, you can use a reverse mortgage. You can, if your present mortgage is maybe 50 or 60% of the value of the house, you can take a reverse mortgage and often just pay off your mortgage entirely. And now you no longer have a mortgage payment to make. Or we've seen people, I have a gentleman uh, in Dartmouth who retired. His only income was about 800, 850 a month in Social Security. He had a house that was fully paid for, but he couldn't afford even the taxes and the operating costs sure. on the house. So we did a reverse mortgage for him, mm-hmm. and he has a credit line. So he draws down on the credit line every yeah. month, supplements his Social Security. He can afford to stay in the house. How about selling the house? You can sell the house. Sure. Buy a condo. Yeah, condo is not necessarily the only way. That's one way you can do it. Um, a lot of people today are selling the house and putting the money aside. And by the way, for most people, you can sell your house without paying any capital gains tax on it. For a single person, the first $250,000 of capital gain is tax-free. For a married couple, when you sell your primary residence, the first $500,000 of capital gain is tax-free. So yes, you can sell your house. For most people, you can pull all the equity out in cash you can use the cash to live on. You could live in an apartment. There are a lot of new apartments being built today. You don't have to own a house. Or, as I suggested, you could even do a reverse mortgage. You could do it for income as a credit line. Mm-hmm. You could do it to pay off your mortgage. Um, we've helped you know, quite a few dozen people do reverse mortgages, and every single one of them has a separate success story. Um, the most important thing that I want to tell everyone who's listening today is Don't do nothing. Do something. You have to have a plan. In our office, everything that we do, every piece of advice we give begins with a budget. What's your income? What are your expenses? What are your needs? That's right. Absolutely. And um, But you have to have a plan. If if the plan is, I want to be able to retire in five years, Mm -hmm. we do a double budget. We do a budget that shows... Here's what your income is and your expenses are right now. Mm-hmm. And this is what your anticipated income would be in retirement. You're going to have probably the same expenses, although maybe you're not going to be commuting to Providence every day. Right. So we can cut some money out there out of your budget. Now you're going to have Social Security. And then in addition, we're going to take some of the other funds you have and we're going to structure it so that you can withdraw from it. And then we need to make sure how you're going to match up your income, and your expenses in retirement. And what if that doesn't work? Well, then maybe we're going to say, well, you have a mortgage. You're still paying on a mortgage. Should we also do a reverse mortgage for you Mm -hmm. and pay off your mortgage? And if we do that, we're going to save you $900 a month on principal and interest on your mortgage. Right. And by doing that, now your budget and your income are going to be matching each other. They're Mm -hmm. going to be the same. Sure. So... Have a plan, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure the most important thing you can do today, if you remember nothing else, is have a plan for yourself. We'll sit down. We'll give you uh, a memo. We'll explain to you what you ought to do. We do this every single day of the week. And we want to make sure that when you retire, you can retire 
without having a lot of stress worrying about whether you're going to outlive exactly. your money. Have peace of mind. So there's things you can do now. There's things that you can do even if you are retired, and we're happy to uh, help you and give you some good recommendations on that. Now, your voice isn't a little a little hoarse from the Super Bowl game, is it? No, it's a lot hoarse from the <laughs> Super Bowl game. <laughs> I purposely didn't yell and scream at all during the game. I said, no, I can't lose my voice because I have to speak. And the last two minutes of the game, it all went to oh, hell. Oh, God, I, I know what totally, you mean. totally everybody, lost it. Everybody. First I said some great things, and then I said some bad things, <laughs> then I said some great things again, and then at the end it was just pure primal screaming. <laughs> it's great but to see you. Good to see you also. Thank, Thank you. you for listening, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you again next week on the radio. And we really appreciate you tuning in from 8 to 9 o'clock every Sunday at this time for USA Wealth Group's Money Wise Radio Show. Until next week, thank you, everybody, and stay well.